It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn, 104.9 AM 1260 and hornfm.com. With the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. Interesting Wednesday as we plow on into the end of June. Final Wednesday of the sixth month of the year will be in July on Saturday. Month seven, halfway through the year, and that will be when the new NIL law goes into effect in the state of Texas. There's now a stare down game of chicken between the NCAA and these new state state legislative measures. We'll continue to talk about it. I know it can kind of make your eyes roll into the back of your head, but at the same time, it is what's happening in uh, big-time college athletics right now. Also, the uh, baseball side of things, there's some hoops, tragedy in football. Longhorn season tickets sold out. Over 68,000 football season tickets now sold. Ty Harrington, you have your two. I got them. Got two. I got them. Ty, do you, uh, Ty Henderson, do you have any season tickets at UT? I'm more of a week-to-week guy. <laughs> You're the one that buys ties uh, when no. you can't when he can't go. I don't. Well, I, t- I try to not buy. I try to receive. Oh, yeah. oh, that might be changing. That might be harder. And harder. <laughs> yeah, that's getting harder. You better have some really good friends. I do. That's that's one thing I I can say. I have some I have some great friends and some great family friends out there that have helped See, me out in years past. True that. It's not uh, what you know. It's who you know, Ty. It's who you know. Sometimes. To get to those ball games, yeah, it's uh, it'll be tough this year, but it'll be tougher next year. Can guarantee you that to start just you know people aren't gonna be giving up those tickets so easily when Georgia's coming to town and you know Florida's coming to town. Uh, that's gonna be uh, quite the scene on a game by game basis, which is what is exciting about the Southeastern Conference. On the way the timeout, you were talking about the baseball being played in the Southeastern Conference with LSU winning the national championship. Mississippi State won it a couple years ago. I mean, this this conference is just, and as you said, Kentucky's now investing. You know, in, in football, even in the SEC, there's there's still a Vanderbilt right that's on the schedule, you know, like Texas has in year one. Uh, there's still you know Kentucky's still trying to grow their football program to compete at the highest levels. Uh, there's still some some teams. Baseball, you know, Vanderbilt's a powerhouse. Kentucky wants to be a powerhouse. I mean, everybody in the in the SEC. Wants to be great at baseball, and uh, I think you could say the same thing for for a lot of the sports in that conference, and you know football being one. But there's, you know, baseball is one where you really can compete at the highest levels, uh, and we're seeing that uh, even as a school like a Vanderbilt or Wake Forest, um, if you invest in it, you got to invest in it. And I mean, look, I, I'm I'm proud of my alma mater, and I'm proud of uh, Texas State, where I coached for a long time, and and. You know the improvements that uh, Texas State has made over the years, and the you know they're continuing trying to do the same things too. I mean they, they've got a um, a facility upgrade in mind right now that they're going out and raising money for to uh, to continue to build that beautiful facility down there and add to it. And they're trying to raise I think eight some odd million dollars to to add on to it. And what their plans for is absolutely 
beautiful and gorgeous what that's going to look like and be. And then and certainly you, you got to keep moving forward. You, you can't. I, I, it's easy. It's easy for what I'm about to say, but you don't want to be reactive. You want to be proactive. Yeah. And and that's the part where, you know, at this point, particularly going in the SEC, uh, Texas has the ability, and I think they do a good job of being proactive, of trying to get ahead of uh, different things that are going on, looking at your competition, looking at what you're going to be competing against. Um, and I think it's important, that, and I'm sure they've had tons of meetings. I'm sure Coach Pierce and, and uh, all the administrators and – and uh, CDC and football and, and all the sports um, have looked at this and said, here's what we're up against. Here's a year from now. Here's what we're going to be up against. Um, and look, there's no, there's only a handful of institutions that um, can be proactive. And University of Texas is certainly one of them. But going back to what we were talking about, the SEC and the number of player, uh, teams that have been involved with the championships in baseball. Well, now think about this. Take away Texas and take away Oklahoma – who was you know OU was in the finals a year ago? Yeah. Take those two teams out and now move them to the SEC in baseball. And now I mean you're taking away two more great, you know, cha- teams that have won national titles and and have had a history of going to Omaha. And you're just piling them more into the SEC. And I mean, my goodness, it's going to be like watching big league baseball. <laughs> it really I, will it be. Truly, I mean, it is. And 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 again, I, I heard on the way in here, and you and I've talked about this. E about 20-round draft, and now Major League Baseball has turned to college baseball and said, with all these $60 million facilities, with all these great coaches, all the pitching labs, all this information that we've cut down to minor league teams, we're going to put the development on college baseball for what is going to be the next generation of professional athletes for baseball. And they're putting that because now there's all these resources and information in the development of these young athletes at 18, 19 years old. And by the time they're 20, 21 years old, when they're coming out their junior year, they're mature, they're better athletes. And on top of that, they're playing against their competition that they're playing against are great hitters, too, older hitters. So you're getting, if you're talking about from the pitching perspective, you're getting the best pitchers coming out and you're getting the best hitters because now they're facing, you saw it on display, 97 to 101 on the College World Series watching that. So if I'm if I'm a scouting director and the general manager, which is what pro baseball has done, they basically said, here, college baseball, we're going to, your sports fix and get really good. And we're gonna we're gonna trust that your guys are gonna develop these guys, and then we're gonna pay them what is the slot nine point seven million dollars this year for the opening slot of a major league baseball, which probably gonna be Paul Skeens or, or Dylan Cruz or which you know whichever one. I would take, and I would love to hear Gene Watson on this. I, I would take a, a, an accomplished twenty year old, twenty one year old college athlete that has pitched at the highest level or played at the highest level as opposed to an unknown 18-year-old person who's not gone away from home yet and doesn't understand what that really looks like. Agreed. Yeah, we talked about that a lot yesterday, that the, the from 50 rounds to 20, uh, yeah. you know, they used to just gobble up as much talent as they can, throw them into rookie ball, see if they can make the climb through rookie ball into the high A minor, high A's into the A leagues and climb. This is, you know, they are. They're going more to the NFL model. Hey, you – you develop them, and guess what? You're going to have household names coming into the into Major League Baseball already. That's something the NFL has found out, that if you let them go play three, four years of college football, by the time we draft them, they've already been marketed. Everybody knows who they are. The NFL, the, uh, the NFL draft becomes a big deal because everybody wants to see where you know, the top players go. You're drafting a brand. Yeah. Just yeah. A brand. I mean, yep. Paul Skeens is already a brand, without right. a doubt. 
And to your point of the pitching labs, you know, his move from Air Force to LSU where he got that really precise and top-level pitching development took him from a good pitching prospect to an elite pitching prospect, and that's what you're talking about, that the investment of college baseball into development and winning. And the other thing that comes out when you have these players, you've got guys that have competed at the highest level. These guys that have been, been you know, as a major league scouting director and you're trying to draft a player, you know guys, this guy's produced under pressure. This guy's delivered yep. in big moments. This guy's gone against the best uh, and produced. That's a, that's a, you know, you can't really scout that quality, right? The clutch gene, the the ability to, you know, lower your your blood pressure when and 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 breathing rate when things get hot. That's what you're looking for. And uh, you're right. With an 18 year old player sending him off to to the low A minors or rookie ball, uh, it's a whole different animal. College baseball certainly changing for the good, but it also leads to a bit of an arms race and um, interesting conversation. Yeah, well, the arms race is where we're at for sure. Now, there's always going to be the Mike Trout, right? The, oh, yeah. The, you're going to notice that, like the, the the outfielder from North Carolina. It's a high school kid this year that's going to who's projected to be a first rounder too. Well, they still but, have a twenty round draft. Yeah, no question. But I would pose a question to you and and Ty if if you're going to invest nine point seven million dollars, which is that slot money for this year for the first pick, or t- you going to take Dylan Cruz, or are you going to take a high school kid as a business person? I think most are going to go college. Yeah, I mean, I, More I just proven think, player. And again, I I think as you just mentioned, it is creating the arms race of of facilities oh, and all those things. But Major League Baseball and it's is making college baseball better. Agreed. And more competitive, and you're going to have more players in college baseball because of the lack of you know 30 rounds of a major league draft. Um, um, you know, that's that's a lot of players, and and a lot of those picks between rounds 21 and you know 40 or 50 were high school players. They would just take raw high school prospects and see if they can develop. This they're now going to be in you know put into college or junior college and uh, develop through that route. All right, let's get to the other headlines, and we'll dive back into that coach's corner on this Wednesday morning. UBO Business Services brings it to you. Yeah, official word now from Texas football and the athletic department. The uh, program is sold out of season tickets for 2023, and it's their last as a member of the Big 12 Conference, second consecutive season, third in the past five years. And according to the school, this upcoming season has set an all-time record for season tickets sold, north of 68,000. Uh, figure does not include student tickets, which will surpass 20,000. On top of that, the 2023 home slate kicks off in 67 days. Rice Owls at DKR also includes home games with Wyoming, Kansas and Kansas State, BYU, and Texas Tech. Very sad news from the football world yesterday. Word that former Texas high school quarterback and star and NFL quarterback Ryan Mallett has died. Multiple reports now confirming the 35-year-old died by drowning after he was rushed from a Florida beach to a nearby hospital. Mallett was a five-star recruit out of Texas High and Texarkana back in 07. Played his college football at Arkansas. Still holds many of the school's passing records there. Drafted into the NFL by the Patriots. Also played for the Texans and Ravens over an eight-year career. Major League Baseball last night. AOS leading Rangers. Top Detroit 8-3 in the third, second game of that four-game series in Arlington. Ezekiel Duran blasted a solo homer into the second deck in the eighth inning. That sparked a five-run rally in the eighth. Rangers get the win. Astros drop their series opener in St. Louis 4-2. They're now six games back of Texas in the West. L.A. Angels remain five back in the West. They beat Chicago 4-2. Thanks again to the incredible Shohei Otani. Game's best player launched two more home runs last night. Increases his MLB lead to 28 also struck out 10 White Sox over six and a third. He improves to seven and three as a pitcher on the year. News from the pitch where John Gallagher's terrific season with Austin FC got even better yesterday. Uh, the defender with a knack for scoring goals named an MLS All-Star member. 
of that All-Star team, becoming just the second Austin FC player ever to earn that honor. He follows Sebastian Driussi, who was an All-Star last season. Gallagher leads the team in goal contributions with eight, tied with uh, the, for the team lead with goals with five. He will join 26 other league All-Stars who will take on English Premier League powerhouse Arsenal FC on July 19th in Washington, D.C. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. Several people have asked how Paul Skeens got out of his commitment to Air Force. We've learned that uh, if your commitment becomes a full commitment when you step into onto campus your junior year. Yep. So yep. did, it's not like enlisting. No. You, you, right. you, 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 as a freshman and a sophomore, you still have the choice. And then you, when you stepped into your first class and first uh, on campus as a junior, then you're committed. Yeah, for the for, for the long haul. That's yeah, your decision. And you make. can still play professionally if you graduate. Like if you go all four years to a service academy, we've seen guys in the David NFL. Robinson did it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I yeah. think a lot of the times I know a long snapper from Navy a few years ago was in Seattle, uh, and they the Navy just had a they have an office where he just worked a desk job a few hours a week in Seattle and fulfilled his commitment that way. We dive into our coach's corner at 715 every morning here on the show of the people. Audiovisual consultations and Tom McKay, the really smart guys who never make you feel stupid. By the way, somebody said they have shut down those beaches in Florida, but people aren't listening. Well, Oof. Well, that's, that would be even more unfortunate if Ryan Mallett and whoever he was with um, you know, tried to go swimming in a shutdown beach for that very you know, reason, but uh, we won't speculate on that. But uh, that is interesting that Florida has taken the steps to try to prevent these drownings and uh, people aren't abiding by the rules, uh, which would be, you know, that's a terrible you know, piece of news there for Ryan Mallett, without a doubt. In our coach's corner, we mentioned off the top of the show that G.J. Kenny, the head coach at Texas State, you know, tweeted out condolences and uh, a cover of the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine from 2006 that he was on, G.J. Kenny, along with uh, Ryan Mallett and uh, uh, who would we say? The, 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 we, John Childs. John Childs. Yeah. Who came to Texas that year? Uh, so yeah, there were four quarterbacks standing around Earl Campbell, which was a, the cover of '06, and uh, sad piece of news to say the least there uh, on that front. All right, so we're talking Coach's Corner, and Coach was just talking to you about uh, the, the the growth of college baseball and where it's going. I think that's a really interesting conversation, and I do think it's good for the industry of baseball, right? With the as, as a sport, as a general sport, it is uh, healthy to to go this direction, and I think you give Major League Baseball credit for looking at that and saying, you know what, we need to shrink down our draft. We need to shrink back our minor league systems uh, and, and let the colleges, you know, let, let more players get into college and develop there. And, again, as you said, there's always going to be the Mike Trouts and the great high school players that will still be drafted. But, you know, the 20-round draft will include a lot of college players, but it will also include some, some 18-year-olds who are going to go and they'll start at the, you know, at the A-ball level and see if they can work their way, and a kid will have a decision to make at that point. I, I'd like to see a trend uh, – uh, analytic trend of okay five years ago when we were still at the 40 round draft and I don't remember the exact year that we got out of there maybe it was 19 um, but we from where that was and let's say you know this year how many college players are drafted um, in this year's draft in the 20 rounds versus high school and then let's go to the next two years and let's fat you know let's look back or look forward in two years from now um, and see what that rate looks like, and I guarantee it's just going to continue to grow. And the exciting thing from from my perspective, being a college baseball nut about this, and, and almost a nerd at times about it, is think about the the young guys, uh, young kids that were sitting at home watching the College World Series, 
watching it this week, and they're making their choices. Do I want to play baseball? Do I want to play basketball? Do I want to play football? I think it's going to encourage more um, athletes to want to play baseball. When they see the excitement around that and they see how much fun this is and, and how exciting it is and the attention that you know people are getting, and now it's not necessarily just um, you know a, a half a scholarship. Yeah. NIL is going to make a difference in that, right? And and so a lot of these guys that were signing out of high school are now going to come to um, these Division One schools or junior colleges based on they're receiving NIL money at the Division One level, NIL money that helps offset getting a half a scholarship, you know, 11.7. It's hard to talk to a guy about, hey, I want you to pass up $200,000, and in return I'm going to give you 40% of a scholarship. Yeah. Uh, absolutely, and that'll be really I mean, it, it, to follow all of this as we're talking about the NCAA sending a memo to all schools saying no matter what your state's new laws might be, remember we still have our rules and we need you to abide by those. But you know, can they actually enforce that in the state of Texas and in other states that have changed their laws to be more you know NIL friendly? Uh, this stare down uh, will continue without a doubt, and uh, you know, we mentioned that in the last hour. But yeah, the, this week the NCAA sent a letter to all schools saying, hey, don't mind your own state's rules or laws that they've changed. You still have to play by our rules. But the question is, can they enforce that? I don't know. Uh, how about this, though, Ty? You'll like this. You know, obviously everybody was um, in, in, engrossed in the uh, the submersible story of last week. Sure. Not surprisingly, a 2009 clip from the show Mythbusters. Mythbusters, Ty, has gone viral because in that episode, they did a test on how an underwater implosion would destroy a human body. Oh. Yeah, so people are way too obsessed with this, but people actually want to go watch this because I guess they put like crash test dummies in a Yeah, I've been watching some Mythbusters recently, actually. I didn't see this clip, but I did see on the waiver that all these people had to sign to get go on this thing that death was mentioned three times on the first page. They, so their bases are covered. That Ocean Gate will not be sued for this. Oh, well. <laughs> and can you believe people signed that? Well, the CEO got into it? is the dude that would probably be getting sued, and he. He was one of them. Yeah. Well, so Mythbusters in 2009, to find out what would happen to the human body underwater, an implosion like that, that far down in the sea, made a fake person out of pig parts. Yeah. Including bones, muscle, fat, skin, and guts. They put it in a diving suit and sunk it 300 feet underwater and let... So knowing what I just told you, Ty, was there any part of you, after what we've watched last week, that want to go watch that? Not me. Not I'm me. not. I'm not interested I, at all. I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, maybe. <laughs> oh, I, well, I, I just, I have a hard time feeling bad for these people. There's people that die in way worse ways every single day. I, well, I agreed. Well, I don't agree with you on that. I'm just saying it, it was their choice. They made the call. It's. I feel sp- bad for the 19 year old that's dad. That didn't want to go. The dad, yeah. dad almost guilted him into going. Um, agreed. But now, look again. If if MythBusters did this twelve years ago, thirteen years ago, and can show you what it looks like when there's an implosion of that style, what would happen? I, I that's something I don't need to see. I can but imagine it, pl- it plenty it, fine. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, if you're paying two hundred fifty thousand dollars, you have to think that it's safe, right? Like, Let's just it, say here. Here's what I'll say. I'm glad that it wasn't a long, prolonged situation. Yeah. It happened very quickly. I don't need to see that on Mythbusters with a pig with pig guts. I get it. I understand that that's a lot of pressure and that the human body can't withstand that pressure. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for them that it went, th- went like that and it didn't go like 
they had to wait till the oxygen ran out six days later or four or five days later, whatever that was, that that would be excruciating. This was, you know, quick and quick and uh, I don't know about painless, but probably so. Uh, so that that's the only thing I can take from it. But uh, you can go find that if you want. I'm not interested in seeing it, but it's gone viral. Everybody wants to go watch this Mythbusters uh, to find it out. Uh, so we'll get to. Uh, We'll get more into that. Also, we got to borrow from the music survey. You know, back on Monday, Ty, when you were here, we did our best live concerts we've ever been to, most surprising. We'll borrow another question from Craig Way's music survey to get you going on some music topics of the morning. We'll also uh, get the hot or not topics before the end of the hour, including, did you see that the uh, the Wheel of Fortune, Wheel of Fortune, Ty, what has a, chosen a new host. What a host, too. To replace Pat Sajak. Got to get you details on that, man. We are we are having a good old time on this uh, busy Wednesday here on b and It's Bucky and Aaron. B and E on the horn. All right. Uh, so a lot of good, interesting stories out there. Also, as we did on Monday when Ty Harrington was here, we're going to borrow from the Craigway Music Survey. We did best live concert or most surprising live show you ever attended. That led to some really fun conversation. Ty, I'm going to ask you and Ty. I just I can talk to both of you at one time. It's, it's both tie. Who is your Who was your choice on the? Because you guys have both done the live music survey with Craig Way, right? Through the course yep. of uh, time, and the question of who is your most overrated band or artist? Most overrated band or artist? Do you remember who your tie? You just did it on Friday. I'm assuming you remember who you chose. Uh, <laughs> Maybe not. Uh, I, I, you want me to tell you who you chose? Yeah. <laughs> Remember the time was working I knew on about, you were struggling that morning. Uh, I know Ty was working on like thirty minutes sleep that day. <laughs> I, don't, um, I don't really remember. I mean, I, I okay. I'm going to knock and lie. Craig Way is probably not listening because he's out of town. But I was going to put the Beatles on there. But I knew he would. Yeah, he might hate me for life. There are people who say that. Remember the word overrated. You know, it could. It could. I don't. It's like I think the well, Beatles look, are good, but I don't think. Well, they were they were transformative. I know. But at the same time, I, there are people who make that argument in that because here's the thing the Beatles are disregarded as the greatest rock band of all time or band of all time so if you don't think they are then that by definition would be they might be a little bit overrated that doesn't mean they weren't unbelievable but you know I, I know Rod Babers on the afternoon show thinks Elvis is a bit overrated I you know that everybody's gonna have their who's overrated conversation do you who did you pick there yeah you know I can't I've I've had a lot of foul balls and and Bud Lights between here and, and last year when I did the music survey I think it was Kiss. Oh. I think. I can't 100% be sure about that. I know people will be thinking, how can you not remember what you said? Well, I mean, like I just mentioned, a lot of lot of water between here and there. But um, I, I thought it was Kiss. Or, uh, I believe my choice, actually my choice I know was uh, my, was uh, Guns N' Roses. Because oh, and I was a big Guns N' Roses fan as a kid, but well, it's based on the fact of longevity. They, Appetite for Destruction is still one of the great albums, rock albums oh, ever yeah. made. But that's really it. GNR Lies was a two album disc set that they put out that probably should have just been one. There was a lot of filler in it, and uh, there were some really good songs on GNR Lies, but too much. Oh, um, I was Jay Z. Ooh, Jay Z. I remember that. Ooh, that's yeah, Hova. Uh, yeah, H to the Izzo. H to the Izzo. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, everybody's huh. going to have theirs, so we'll take yours. Most overrated band or artist of all time. That leads to good conversations because, uh, you know, one person's overrated band is somebody else's favorite band. I mean, because people will oh, say... Cameron Parker was very upset with me for my Jay-Z band. Oh, for sure. But he also didn't know, like, 
twelve, like probably twelve of the bands that I had on here, which was very surprising because we're, you know, similar ages. But Jay Z, after I saw him, his old man sweating up on the ACL stage, taking a break every ten minutes. That's when I I didn't really like him before, but that's when that sealed the deal for me. And here's a text that's uh, probably right on point. Says I don't think you really have overrated bands. Music is too subjective. You may not like someone, but that's simply your taste versus theirs, and that's. Well, that's the point true. of the music survey. That's the point of the music survey. Yeah, you know, like one of my favorite bands, um, and uh, Chad's wasn't was I, I love I love Rush. I mean, I, it was that Rush had a little bit of a transformation for me as, as a music fan. I was just a good old country southern rock kid growing up, um, and then all of a sudden I got introduced to Rush, and I was like, wait a minute, there's this kind of music? What you know? What is this? You know, and a, a, a drum set that's as big as this stadium i mean as big as this building and the music that came out of those three guys was just overwhelming to me at the time i thought and uh and you know i know chad doesn't only doesn't like it much i mean I, you know hey, i was, like creed well they do a lot of yeah that's good okay, <laughs> and it's partly a joke you know? but yeah it's become I'm a, real i'm a fan of rush but i'm not like a a, a rushite where i are you because they they have these long you know exploratory albums and these super long agreed yeah the form, form, formulaic things that they've done and that, but, you know, they're hits, and I saw them live, too, in San Antonio one time during college, and Neil Peart is the greatest drummer maybe ever to live, and he wrote most of their songs, and he's borderline genius. Uh, I think he was a genius as far as the IQ scale goes, and Getty Lee, and Getty Lee's voice, not for everybody, that's, that's uh, you know, that's one thing, but um, I was a fan, but not a super fan. Uh, this says Rush is overrated, Bruce Springsteen <laughs> overrated, which I'm a fan of all those Dave Matthews bands so overrated. I'm a huge fan of Dave Matthews. This says uh, Journey way overrated. Well, Journey was a super group. I don't know how, I mean, I'm not, you can say they're overrated, but they wrote some oh, chart toppers, man. And, chart uh, toppers and a lot of good bar singing. I mean, if I'm in a bad mood every once in a while. And, just turn on Journey. Yeah, I mean, I'll start singing Steve Perry along. getting you going. You'll be uh, singing yeah. faithfully or as, as soon as you can. Uh, for sure. So yes, the, the subjective the subjective debate of who are the most overrated bands or artists. Look, I've been crushed on this show. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For, for mentioning the name George Strait. Oh, Just because the he's king? the king. Well, because he's Why? the king. Um, because, again, I'm a fan of a, uh, the, the, the person who writes their song and performs their song. He doesn't write any of his own songs. Which, again, that's, and I know he went to Texas State, and this is like sacrilegious. Not saying I don't <laughs> like the guy, love his music, would sing along. I've, I've seen him in concert. Yeah. And just think, uh, if you're the guinea the king, my, my heroes within country music and, and mostly in music are the ones that write the song and, and perform the song. So I'm more to that realm. Uh, and then, so yes, the king is the king, but you know, th- there's a, a songwriter that he, Dalton, uh, Who's the who's the the, the, the songwriter that's yeah, written? Yeah, I saw the ones. Uh, documentary on him. Yes, um, which again, how rich is that guy? I mean, Elton John has a collaborator, right? And they write, mix their songs, and Elton John performs them. And so I understand there's different forms of you know, different ways to skin a cat. Uh, but I I personally, this goes to the subjective part of this. I personally 
gravitate to the artist that writes their own music and then performs their own music. I think that's the craft of it. Um, you know, but again, to each his own. I'm not saying George Strait's not unbelievable and 60 or 70 number one hits would speak to that without a doubt. But, you know, while we're having the conversation, I'll put him out there just a tad, just a tad. Yeah, well, for I mean, that I, reason, I'm, I like the king of country. I'm going to you know, lie to you. No, if, no. I'm, if I'm and like if I'm if I'm driving down the road, it's, you're putting on George. Yeah, Strait, that's fine. And it, it's almost sacrilegious for me if he's on them if it's one of his songs is on and i decided to go yeah. change with the station or something it's almost like i gotta say something to the lord about hey i'm sorry i gotta change this channel real quick i don't this george Strait song i'm i i just like the music that much and i totally respect what you're saying because i mean um if you look at some of the you know some of the all-time greats and and they did they or they wrote they organized their music they orchestrated it they did you know, I mean, there's a handful of those that are, you know. Well, I'll give you a good example. Way, it's but... very similar to George Strait, and that's Chris Stapleton. I mean, Chris Stapleton's a songwriter by trade. That's what he was. He wrote a lot of number one hits before he ever performed a number one hit in Nashville. Uh, Chris Stapleton with that great voice, and he, you know, that's just a little different. But uh, that I would gravitate to that even a little bit more than George Strait. But, you know, gosh, Waylon Jennings and uh, Johnny Cash was an unbelievable songwriter. Willie Nelson. By the way, Willie yeah. Nelson is just about to put out his what one hundred night or what number album is coming out for him? He's got an album called Bluegrass. But then, you, like even with those guys, and like Chris Christopherson, write a bunch of their songs too. Sure, yeah, they collaborate and they get together and write songs. I get that. But George Strait, you know, he has a songwriter. It was, that writes it was the songs. he was the start of like mainstream country. Yeah, yeah. yeah he just, just elevated country at a time when it needed it. And then Garth Brooks took it and take it to another level. <laughs> See, and I'm then, Garth Brooks. That's my version. I'm just not that big of a fan of Garth Brooks. Well, he I don't know why. People that way. No, well, you can. I think he's a great performer. I've seen him live. Well, but he's an I, unbelievable I, I performer. don't like. I don't think I have one Garth Brooks song on my like 700 song country playlist that I have. Well, he's he changed country music because he took he made it popular music, which really led to what we're seeing now that it's pop, uh, pop country. But you know, Garth Brooks, you know, changed the game. Uh, well, in to the 90s. your to your point, there's only a few prints in the world. Uh, Prince wrote his music, you know, organized it, orchestrated it, and sang it. And I mean, there's there's very few that that can do it to that. And level. look, if you if you look at my playlist, Ty, what you're going to find is almost always it's it's the songwriter or, or or a Tom Petty who wrote most all of his own songs, and then they performed them with the Heartbreakers. Um, Jason Isbell is one of my current favorites. Chris Stapleton. Um, Wilco, who's a great band that I love. Jeff Tweedy is a great songwriter. Bruce Springsteen, amazing songwriter, if you were a fan of Bruce and the E Street Band. So, that again, I gravitate to that. That's just, for whatever reason, that's my musical taste. Doesn't mean I don't like the music of the, of others. I understand that there is a difference between the, the writer, the, you know. The, you like the to craft. do your research into the artist you're listening to. Well, I, no, some well, people don't that, do that. Yeah, but I like the idea that that person sat down and, and either they're telling a story that they've come up with or they, it's a story about their life. It's They wrote yeah, the song. The, the basic consumer would never, most people would never you're know right. those facts. And I get that. Uh, the, you're exactly right. And that's why George Strait has been, he's the king because he's got great song choice. Uh, he's He delivers them in an incredible way that are cons- completely consumable and you can't get the, written, you know, the, the, the lyrics out of your head. He's unbelievable, but um, just you know, if we're going just a tad overrated. My Guns N' Roses claim is that this one, you know, the appetite and then use your illusion, the, the double album, it's just not enough. It's just not enough. There's not a lot of content there. Look, look at somebody like Tom Petty, who I just mentioned. Tom Petty put out hit records for four decades, four decades, uh, hugely impactful for a long period of time. Uh, that is a guy that's underrated in my mind, as far as you know, all time, 
you know, performers. And, and since we've lost Tom Petty, I think that's become more and more uh, relevant. But Tom Petty put out Damn the Torpedoes in, in the 70s and then dominated in the 80s on MTV, um, you know, into the 90s, was in the Traveling Wilburys with, you know, yeah. the, some of the legends of music and um, that you know, about impactful for a long period of time. That's the kind of stuff that, uh, that, that lives on in my mind. But again, Appetite for Destruction, Guns N' Roses, one of the, you know, handful of best rock and roll albums ever put together. That thing front to back is killer. Yeah, that's, all-time stuff. Yeah, that's hard to find. I, I, I should know this because I am a Sinatra fan. Ooh, I, I, did he write any of his own music? Do you, does anybody know? And I'm sure yeah, somebody know, on the text line is going to tell us. I, I doubt I, it. Right? I doubt it too because you know he was also acting all the He's time as performer. well. Huh? He's just a performer. He was. A, he oh, was. I, lo- I love singing some Frank. Oh, Late night. Yeah. That's my go-to. Yeah. I'm with you on that one, by the way, too. I mean, I just, if I'm in a, I you know, just lay low and listen, and I'm I'm all into that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, again, that's everybody to each his own. Ty's a consumer. Ty likes Creed. And Creed has sold, we, we had this fact the other day, Creed Nate, worldwide has sold more albums than Jimi Hendrix. It, start, it started as a joke for me. <laughs> you know, like a lot of things I do do, it starts as a joke and then it becomes reality. Yeah, well, he, they sold more albums than, than Jimi Hendrix sold albums. So, That's, again, um, consumer decides. Consumer rules. I get it. Uh, but, you know, that's why I love having my iTunes, and I can download the music I want to have. Did that Nickelback concert that Chad was talking about already oh, happen? Oh, that Nickelback. happened. Nickelback. Come tickets, on, Nickelback. Still giving away those tickets? Oh. Now, see, I won't go that far. But I do. That's the thing. Like, everybody hates Nickelback, but when a Nickelback song, song comes on, you're like, that's Nickelback. You know, no, you know I, it. I, I can't name it. You don't know Rockstar? Come on. I wouldn't know who that is. I wouldn't, I, I, I've heard that song, but I couldn't tell you that that was Nickelback. If that song came, I don't on know the radio. that I could. T- I could well, maybe I could tell you. It's I mean, not. I, it's not <clears throat> knowing the names of the songs. It's knowing like when it comes on, you're like, oh, oh, yeah. Like 10, 10, 15 seconds in, you're like, oh, I'm listening to Nickelback right now. It says, "Love you, E." Ty slaps some sense into him. George is the best. Agreed. For, for <laughs> you, he is. For me, there's just a little little missing link there, and that's, uh, you know, he's more of a performer than the craftsman of of songwriting and delivery. But you know, that's 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 my way. But uh, doesn't have to be yours. That's the great part. Hey, uh, we'll get some hot or not topics coming up. We're talking the NCAA battle with uh, the the NIL laws that are going into effect, and we'll reset that real quick and not go too far into it. But you should need to know this is happening. No, be ready for this. July first to Saturday. That's the that's the day the new law in the state of Texas goes into effect. If you were with us yesterday and you heard our conversations with with uh, Trenton Halfley, the former Texas football player, the attorney now who helped craft this new legislation. Um, uh, and his partner at the law firm, they they laid out why they did what they did and how the law impacts Texas, and it makes it more athlete and NIL friendly and university friendly. Uh, also allows for under state law now, Ty, universities through their collectives like the the Texas One Fund, Texas A and M has the Twelfth Man Plus Foundation. Under state law in Texas, if you donate to those NILs and give to those NILs, you can be rewarded. With bonuses, right? The par- uh, parking upgrades and ticket upgrades and suite upgrades. Um, that that that's part of this new legislation and, and you know House Bill twenty eight oh four that's gone into effect on Saturday or going into effect. Well, this week the NCAA has sent a memo to all schools that attacks these actions by states and is asking the schools or reminding the schools that we still have rules that you need to comply with. Uh, effectively asking schools to place NCAA rules above state laws. 
memo was obtained and published by Sports Illustrated. Um, the reasoning, they say, is schools who do not like the application of particular NCAA rules should work through NCAA government governance process to change the rule. In other words, if you don't like the rules, you can change them or leave the NCAA. It is voluntary to be a member. Um, and I, I don't think this is going to work. It's a lot of hubris by the NCAA. You know, don't you know, listen to us, not what your, your state laws are going to be. As I said to Utah, I believe this is this is a bit of the outcry coming from from state schools who play in states who don't have these rules that are as friendly to the collectives and the NILs and the universities, uh, asking the NCAA to do something. And this is what they've done. They sent a letter or they sent a memo. I don't know where this goes. It's, again, you and I talked in between and, and Ty, all three of us sat in and talked about what does this look like and what really does this mean? I mean, in, in college athletics and in athletics in general, anything competitive, anything competitive, not just athletics, we've proven we need guidelines. We've proven we need rules and regulations to help us um, because we're always going to push the envelope to, to succeed. And, you know, what is that? We have to have a governing body. Uh, you, we talked earlier, too, about, you know, the federal government. Well, can they help us make a decision that's not going to be based on a party line decision, right? Can they actually do that? Can we we do need something that, you know, that comes in and governs us with common sense and makes gives us a chance to move forward and progress in a way that all these answers, you know, can be answered. Well, the government uh, and, and, and helped. Well, and, look, and I, as I've said many times, and predict will happen when 2024 becomes a big year, because that's when Texas and Oklahoma join the SEC. That's when big USC and UCLA join the Big Ten. I do think there'll be potentially more movement with Pac-12 schools because by by 2024, the Pac-12 situation will resolve itself. They'll either have a media rights deal and they'll somewhat stay together, or that that conference will continue to fracture. And very likely, potentially, Colorado and Arizona move into the Big 12, and maybe even Arizona State and Utah. When it's all said and done, that would allow you know Washington, Oregon, you know Stanford potentially to drop into the Big 10 uh, to round out the West Coast flank of the Big 10 conference. Once that happens, and that's my prediction that what will there'll be four conferences, and those four conferences will split away from the NCAA, and they'll, to your point, they'll create their own governing body that governs those schools, and they'll have they'll. It'll be rules. There'll be rules in place. To your point of get everybody in one room. Right so now, two leagues. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There'll be super college athletics, and then there'll be the rest. NCAA will still be in charge of the rest. To your point, Ty, the NCAA is charged with making a rule book for 330-plus schools in it, all sports. That's, it, that's, that's, that is impossible in this current climate. It's not possible. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I, look, I, I think there's – I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, if you go back and look at the, the conferences, if they're going to go to a certain number of conferences, then they're going to have to broaden the number of teams uh, to be a part of those. Um, I think they're, you know, particularly in the sport of baseball, if you go back and look, I mean, they're, the Sun Belt itself had four teams in the NCAA tournament this year. Yeah. That's a lot of teams. Get you. I mean, I, again, I, I'm not saying that there is no perfect solution here. No, I think not. that's where it's going though, because the money's going to drive it to that, and and but not just the money, but the schools within those four conferences are going to demand uniformity in the rules under which we play by, and the NCAA can't govern that. We're watching this right now. The NCAA sending a memo, and uh, you know when, when I when we got this, uh, this 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 memo put out by Sports Illustrated, I sent that memo to uh, Trenton Halfley, the attorney we talked to yesterday, and asked him his opinion of it. And he wrote back and said, first, the NCAA has said this before. It's nothing new. Second, the NCAA clearly used the word permissive 
to avoid going too far into what it will actually challenge. It's going to be interesting to see if the NCAA actually enforces this after Texas in Texas after July 1, and they do, and if they do, how schools will and collectives will respond. So again, it's a showdown that's coming. I think I think his point of the word permissive would tell you that this is a strong suggestion, but we're probably not going to be able to do anything about it. Uh, but you're right; the current climate is one thing, and what it looks like a year from now, two years from now. Uh, anybody's guess at this point. Coming back, it'll be hot or not. The, the uh, topics we've missed halfway through this show, well, including Pat Sajak's replacement, is picked at the Wheel of Fortune. What's hot? And what's not? What's hot, what's not is brought to you by Texas Orthopedics, the largest independent orthopedic practice in central Texas. Visit us at txortho.com to learn more and to schedule an appointment. Hot not on another blazing hot day in Austin, Texas. You know that on this Wednesday. It'll be triple digits and just, just brutal. 105, 106, wherever you're depending. Doesn't matter at this point. Uh, Ty Harrington is here. Ty Henderson is here. You are here. Now, Ty, we haven't gotten into this uh, Florida manager Kevin O'Sullivan story, but you say you know this story. Yeah, but I, yeah, I don't, I'm not totally, con- I mean, it's a, I'll unique. mention it in then the next hour because yeah. it's a it's an interesting one for sure. I don't know. I don't. I mean, everything that I I know would be. You heard the story, Ty? Ty yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Ty, 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 yeah. Like, oh yeah. Uh, it's salacious, so we'll save it for salacious gossip. Sad. Uh, it is terribly sad, uh, unfortunately, uh, for sure. But we have this on the uh, upbeat side, I guess. Wheel of Fortune. Of course, Pat Sajak announced his retirement. Uh, starting next spring, after 41 years, to the easiest job in showbiz. Right, it shows up once a week. Records five episodes, makes a bunch of money. People turn, you know, he and Vanna White. Uh, 41 years is enough for Pat Sajak. And so yesterday, Wheel of Fortune announced the replacement for Fat Pat Sajak. Fat Pat? Fat Payjack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's none other than a guy who's on like every other show already. This surprised me when I saw this. Ryan Seacrest. The hardest working man in Hollywood. Who does he still do his morning show out in L.A.? I don't think so. He was doing like, like Kelly e Ripa. News. Yeah, <laughs> Kelly Ripa, and he replaced uh, um, who was who Is he doing was, American Idol. Remember still? When, Re- when Regis Philbin? Yeah, stepped aside. He stepped in there. Uh, he's on American Idol, of course, still doing American Idol. He's everywhere, but apparently he's now going to be the new host of Wheel of Fortune, which I said is the easiest job in Hollywood. You show up one day, you record five episodes, and if you believe the stories with with Pat Sajak and Vanna White, you drink some margaritas at lunch, and you know. Do a little, do a little uh, liquid lunch and come back and do another couple episodes and be done. I'd drink margaritas with Vanna White. I ain't going to lie to you. Well, that becomes well, a big I... question because according to a lot of reports now, Vanna White has lawyered up. Because guess what? She wanted the gig. She wanted to replace Pat Sajak. Really? Well, like, I've been doing this 40 years. Put me up there. Give me the big spot. Now, apparently they chose Ryan Sticks Seacrest. Sticks and letters, Vanna. Uh, well, they chose Ryan Seacrest over our friend Bobby Bones. Mr. S- Mr. Rising Superstar, but also Tom Bergeron, Maggie Sajak, who's Pat Sajak's daughter, who a lot of people thought might get the gig. Nope, it's going to Ryan Seacrest. And I'll say this, Ty Henderson, much like I do with the music that people write their own music, do I don't I do like watching Wheel of Fortune, but I don't care who's hosting it. I, I watch it to try to solve the puzzle. You like watching Wheel of Fortune? Well, it's on. It's I'm I'm 50 years old. It's been on since I'm a kid. I don't. I mean, yes, Pat Sajak is a part of it. I get that, and Vanna. And she's pretty and wears cool outfits. I but I watch it to try to solve the puzzle. It, it doesn't really matter who's hosting the show, does it's it? It's my least favorite of all the game shows. Well, like, I'm a Jeopardy man. I like I Jeopardy like Jeopardy too. too but much like with the Alex Trebek thing, yes, he's a 
he's a fixture on there, but I watch Jeopardy to try to so- answer the questions. I really don't care who's hosting at the end of the day. Well, that they've had some controversy with the Jeopardy host too, because with Ken Jennings and the the lady that they're splitting time. You to know. me, to me, I'm like I I'm just there to see if I can get the answers right. I want Will Ferrell to host the damn thing like he does on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> See, I would if if Will no, that's Ferrell good. that's entertaining. Yeah, I'd watch that every week. Oh, and can, absolutely! And if they can do Turd Ferguson with Burt Reynolds, and, <laughs> come on, man! I'm all in on that. Give me some Sean Connery. Oh man, I watched that. Somebody I, that landed to on me, my social media the other day, and that is so funny. To me, that's comedy. But at the same time, I watch Jeopardy to try to solve the questions or answer the questions. I watch Wheel of Fortune to try to solve the puzzle. That's the only intrigue that's there. I don't. Pat Sajak's not like cracking jokes or anything. I bet there's a bunch of old ladies out there that love them some Pat Sajak, though. I'm very disappointed. I mean, uh, I guess Ryan Seacrest—he can do it for the what? Thirty? He's got thirty. Well, the more grandmas years already him. love Ryan Seacrest. That's why that's a good hire by them. That's not going to ruffle any feathers. Oh, we love Ryan Seacrest. He was on with Kelly. He's on American Idol. We already love him. Ty, what do you have for us? Uh, Suck up. it, Trebek. <laughs> <laughs> A little update on the Elon Musk. Um, oh, the cage match. Zuckerberg cage match, yeah. It looks like it might actually go down. Elon released a video yesterday of him taking down his uh, kar- karate partner, uh, sparring partner. So he's looking a little jacked, too. I don't know. I, I think Dana White might actually make this happen. Oh, I think both are all in. Yeah, it's it's happening. It's, it's happen. not if, it's it's when it's happening. Within the next year. And who the yeah. money's, because no one's going to pay for it if and the I money's will, not going to a charitable cause with those couple of billionaires. I guarantee you'll be able to bet on this, though. Love to see those odds. Who you got? I got Elon right now. Will you be back online by then? <laughs> Where are you gambling wise? September. End your break of gambling? <laughs> well, I, 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 I'm not going to lie. I won some money off LSU and I doubled down last night. I'm now officially done. Oh, so today. now you're done. Yes. Okay. You'll change that again three times For this sure. week. All right. We'll be back. Be any on the horn.